The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Jack Barazzini. Hi, Jack. Hey, Dom. And Thomas Sanerho. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Dom. Good to be here. So, uh, first things first. Uh, after last time we talked about the social dilemma, have you all canceled your social media account? I actually <laughs> opened a Twitter account since... Since we watched it, <laughs> <laughs> you are you um, are the rebel, Jack. You're the rebel among us. Well, why did you open a Twitter account? I'm um, just, just um, curious. Based on what we're talking about, I wanted to go ahead and consolidate my digital presence. So even if I don't end up using the Twitter account, I want to make sure I've got that handle. Same thing with opening a website. Like I've reserved all the domain names that I think I might want in the future. So if I ever need them for anything, mm-hmm. I've got them right there. So I don't plan on using yeah, Twitter more, but good. I just wanted to make sure I had it locked down. Right. And that nobody else is out there right. using your name <laughs> uh, yeah. in another way. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've held on to mine. Well, I think that's the trick, really, is if even if you're not going to have an account, you need to make sure that you have a presence that you can point to as your as your own. Yeah, definitely. That's right. Definitely. So what we're going to talk about tonight, though, is we're talking hardware. Uh, this is the season for new hardware announcements from the big uh, technology companies. And uh, this week we're talking we talked a few weeks ago about some Apple hardware, uh, but uh, watch and iPad. This week we're talking new hardware from both Amazon and Google. And then next week we'll be back <laughs> talking about Apple hardware because the second part of their announcements is going to be the iPhone and whatever else. And you can read the tea leaves. There's plenty of people taking a guess what else might be announced, but almost certainly the iPhone. But this week we're talking uh, Amazon and Google announcements. So let's start with Amazon. They had their big fall hardware event. And uh, so let's start at the top. They, they start with, they've updated their echo devices uh, and now, instead of a cylinder, you have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> there's spherical echo, echo dot. Uh, there's an echo dot with a clock. And, of course, echo dot kids, because that's what. <laughs> what do you think? Is this something that anyone should put in their kids room? An, no. an echo? I'm just going to I'm going to fall on that side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about it with my wife um, and I was saying how it's really, really cute. And that's how they get you. Yes. Yes, the cuteness factor. They they have these cute kitty designs yeah. on them. Uh, it's like a Furby from of old. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they function any differently, but they they look like a tiger or something like that. So it it does say they they recognize and respond to children's voices with new pro voice profiles for kids. Hmm. <laughs> I'm a little leery of that. Uh, so they have that, and and I don't know that the 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 new echoes. One of the things they talk about that is better is that they do more of the voice processing on the unit and not in the cloud. Which I don't know if that makes it security better, but it might make it faster, respond right. faster. What do you think? I thought it was interesting how they have the thing where you can have multiple people talking at once, and it can determine 
if you're talking to the device or if you are speaking to each other. Um, like the, the example, if you're ordering pizza, you can be talking back and forth about what you want on the pizza and then relay that to the device. And now it's able to ask questions back. It kind of reminds me of um, like the computer on Star Trek, where it's able to know based on context whether or not you're talking to the computer or to the other people. Right. Yeah, I, I do like that because we've had that happen in my house where we're uh, having a conversation and then I ask the Echo something and then I turn to, to continue to my wife with the information that we now have and Echo thinks I'm talking to it. I'm like, right. no, stop. Be quiet. <laughs> Shut up, stupid device. Uh, one thing I, and so that the other thing I really like is that it can also, uh, like you said, do mm-hmm. follow up questions, like clarifying questions. Uh, well, do you mean this or that? Because, gosh, so often I ask it something and it just goes with whatever it thinks is the first is the the first thing it wants, where it may be a clarifying question would be good if I don't know that. There right, can be a definitely. Clarifying question. That's the issue I have with Siri a lot of the time where I'll ask it a question and it will just respond to something vague or say, I don't know that even if the question is something it should know. So I just end up right. picking up the phone and looking it up half the time. That's going to be where the smart device voice AIs are going to become more useful. Right, right. They're going to have to start to uh, to really. It, right now, mm-hmm. it's a script. You have to know the right words. It's it's you know it's like having a you know the right keyboard commands. It's just voice commands. You have to know what the right the right words to say are. The real big leap is when they can they can understand context. They can understand uh, what you're saying to it, and and right. and then go from there. That's the key. So I don't have to remember the way I need to to get Echo to respond correctly is to like, for example, when I want to turn on the lights in my office, if I say Echo, turn on my office lights, it will turn on (laughs) one lamp in the office. If I say turn on the office, it turns on all the lights. It's just it it doesn't it doesn't. For some reason, it thinks office lights means this one lamp and I can't figure out how to get it to change. But if it understood context, office lights, plural, hmm. Me, he must mean all the lights. That would be the difference. Right. Or even like learning based on your behavior. Like if you say office light and it turns on just the one and then you have to say the second command, it should know, hey, he probably wants them all on. So let's just do that. Right. Right. So so that so yeah, getting that. So part of that is getting that processing on unit so that it's it's faster. It's local. doesn't have to shoot to the, the cloud or not, but also getting that better machine learning, the algorithm. So it understands context and can mm-hmm. respond appropriately so the, the other one that they've introduced also is the echo show 10 this is the echo that has a screen and <laughs> this is the creepy one my wife said you will not get this for for the kitchen <laughs> because because uh, what it does is it automatically moves to face you as you move around it's like i don't want a screen following me around the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? It's uh, what do you think of the Echo with screen? It, but it's it's what we're looking for, though. I think more and more people are wanting yeah. something that's following them. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like if I use the screen a lot more, if I need like if I needed it to show me information, videos or recipes or whatever, having it so I don't have to walk over and turn the thing so I can see it from where I am in the kitchen, or if I'm using it as a communication device, if I'm using it for like voice calls, that that. Might make sense, but just in general, following around. I think it'd be nice for rocking around the kitchen. You can see it the whole uh, way, or even if you just like like to watch TV while you're cleaning the kitchen or cooking, you don't have to turn your device or put your computer in that strategic spot, yeah. which is what I end up doing most of the time right now. Right. Yeah, I've got like mm-hmm. a stand where I put my iPad, and that's where it sits. And I have to turn and walk back, and yeah, yeah, that's true. 
so the uh, one of the things that they're adding is is that right now on the Echo Show with the with the screen, you can watch Amazon Prime Video and Hulu, and now they're going to add support for Netflix. So again, if you're watching TV mm-hmm. in the kitchen or wherever your Echo Show happens to be, it doesn't have to be the kitchen. Um, although I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't watch it in the, in the living room where the big TV is, but you know whatever uh, it, it's it's there. Uh, so if that's something, I don't really I have a five inch show, so I don't watch anything on it really. It doesn't make any sense. I've got all kinds of other screens. Right, I, I can. It's more for a doorbell, basically. Yes, pretty much, pretty much that in pictures. I put I uh I upload all of our photos there, and so I can watch today's photo. Fo- you know the photos from our memories from for this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another thing they announced is their cloud gaming service called Luna, uh, and it uh, it has a controller, so it's powered by the by AWS, which you know Amazon has basically the cloud, and it mm-hmm. competes with Google Stadia, Microsoft's X Cloud. It's a controller with everything built into it, basically. What do you think? I'm not sure why everybody's going into this space. I I understand the desire to like capture the gaming market but it's really just it's too much like i stadia if if one was going to succeed it would have been google and stadia really has not soared off the way that they were hoping it was going to unless it's got the you know unless it's xbox in the cloud you know what i mean unless it's the pc gaming but i can like the, the promise of stadia was you'll be able to to play these graphics intensive PC games over your home connection without having to buy a $3,000, $2,000, whatever gaming PC. But it hasn't really done that yet. Has that? It's still, the technology is still not there. You're still going to get some lag or if your internet's not working yeah. great, you're going to get bits dropped. It's yeah. a problem with online gaming already. Yeah, And, and honestly, the, the people who are interested in lower levels of tech in their house for gaming are not going to have a need for that kind of gaming. You know, if if you're not going to build the computer yourself to make it meet those specifications, you're really not interested in those games. Right. Yeah. I, I look at it and think, you know, so it's a hundred bucks. That's not a bad price, you know, but you know, or the, the, uh, or this one is 50 bucks for introductory price, but then there's going to be a monthly cost. And then there's, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, or I could just go out and buy a PS5 or an Xbox One 3 or whatever the heck they're calling it now, because all the names, <laughs> the Xbox names are all the same and make no sense. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I look at it and I, I get, I'm getting, I get decision lock. I'm like, I really would love to play Star Wars Squadrons. Right. I'm like, I have a mania about this game right now, but I have to tell you. And I'm like, how can I do that? And I don't have a PC game, you know, a gaming rig. Uh, you know, what what do I need? And then I, I, I'm like, I, PS5, Xbox. It, it's all so expensive and it's just an investment. And then I go back and go, I got an iPhone that I can play games on. I got an iPad. Um, I'm going to stick with that for now. I, Apple Arcade, I've got a bunch of games. I'm not like a real serious gamer. Right. And that's, I think, the problem is if I were, if I'm a serious gamer, I buy a, I buy a console or a mm-hmm. PC. And so I don't know who this is for. Yeah, there's no clear market. That's the problem. Well, I th- I think you, yeah. you hit the nail on the head, though, with talking about squadrons, because as we're getting into these more highly developed multiplayer games, um, that's kind of where they want the market to be. But the problem there is that 
you have to have really high latency to be able to to deal with this because it, or really low latency because the the issue is now it's competitive now it's not just uh you know, it's not just a simple, uh, well, let's get the graphics to you. But now you have to be actually competitive in that in that when you're fighting against other right. people. <laughs> Real time. And they can't even manage to get video conferencing working without right. latency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, the technology. The, I think this is a product that is ahead of the technology. I think you're right on that. And, and so... Uh, the early adopters will buy, but I don't. I don't see this as being anything yeah. important for a while yet. Um, so, um, so what other things they they have a new Fire TV stick. Uh, they they which you know the, not, it's not a huge deal. Uh, they have updated a new UI for the Fire TV product, which I think is a long overdue. The UI on almost every streaming service, the user interface, is terrible. I don't think yeah. I can't think of a single one that I say this I I is I enjoy using it. Maybe Plex, but not really. It's they're all be, really messy. Yeah. There 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 isn't I don't nobody's figured out even Apple, who, you know, is the supposed to be the the gurus of a UI I'm sorry, Apple TV Plus. I can't find anything. Apple TV is terrible. It's it is <laughs> terrible. I don't know why it's so bad, but it is. Um, but so we'll we'll see how <laughs> if this one is any uh, better. Uh, Amazon owns Eero. They have the new Eero Six and a Pro Six. I'm not sure the difference. Um, the Pro apparently, well, they both have uh, Wi-Fi Six. We've gotten rid of the I Triple E. You know, was it? Wi-Fi, now we have a much more sane 5, 6, 7, 8. This is what we're going to be doing. So Wi-Fi 6 is the new standard, faster, better, stronger, leap tall buildings. It um, it has a built-in smart home hub. Uh, nothing about this uh, says to me I need to go out and replace my current Eero, frankly. I don't know if you guys see that or you think that. I, I like my Eero mesh system, but... This this is uh, this is for, really for someone who doesn't have one yet. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at it. And I'm glad that they're coming out with a new one because that means the older ones are cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I might have, might be able to pick up a cheaper uh, uh, satellite uh, uh, station. So that might be good. Uh, Amazon also owns Ring. We'll talk. We're going to be talking more in a bit about Ring in general, but uh, they have new security <laughs> Ring security cameras for cars. The the Ring Car Alarm, the Ring Car Cam, which I. I gather is more it's not less like the dash cam and more like the owl cam. Are you guys familiar with the owl camera? Yeah. So it, yeah. So for those who don't know, it's a it it was a expensive in car camera that watched the interior of your car when you were unattended, and if someone gets into the car, it records it, and it has a it had a uh, always on uh phone you know cell connection and would upload video in real time. Uh, of the of the personal car and thus it was very expensive uh so uh i don't know if they're even still around i think they might have been bought out but so i I, i'm not sure whether it's one or the other but they so they have a ring car alarm it it, it, i suppose the big deal is that it interacts with your ring system so you'll get an alert in the ring app on your phone or what have you if if the alarm goes off at three o'clock in the morning for no apparent reason like most car alarms do Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, they did say that they're going to uh, offer end-to-end encryption uh, throughout the Ring system 
by the end of the year, which finally, finally which that's crazy that it doesn't exist. I can't believe it didn't have. Yeah. And I, I, I just the more and more it's looking like the eye of Sauron that's kind of like glaring down on us. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. Um, well, I'll get to that because I want to talk about the last the the, the best yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 Amazon hardware that they announced, which is the, the final piece of the ring puzzle. It is the ring home security drone. That's right. It is a drone <laughs> that flies around your house watching it. I think when you're not there, I suppose, although I, I guess you could have it fly around when you're home. Uh, but yeah, it has its own little docking station. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it gets up and flies around with its camera looking at everything. The, I mean, if my wife would be creeped out by the Echo show following her around, <laughs> could you imagine how creepy this is? What do you guys think of this one? Would you ever in a million years get one of these? I'm just disappointed that with the first generation that it doesn't have laser guns on it where you can shoot the intruders <laughs> like it's a first person shooter game. That's what I'm waiting for. Then we could just finally have RoboCop in real right. life. That would be. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, zap, zap. <laughs> Thomas, you said you'd you'd love to build your own your own drone to fly around. Yeah, your house. yeah, yeah. I think Jack and I are on the same page with this one. Like, I I love the idea. I just don't want it to be someone else's device. <laughs> right. You know, I, I want it. I want it to be my thing that I own all the way from top to bottom. You know. <laughs> uh, as as many flaw, flaws and foibles as it's going to have, and a drone really isn't that hard to build. So it's yeah. it's really just a matter of you know, I don't know, giving it the the intelligence to move around the house, which again also now is not very hard to do either. Yeah, that's the key. Is it needs to be able to fly around without bumping into stuff. That you know to to mm. to know it to map the area to know where its base station is to be able to fly around up and down stair stairwells all that sort of stuff that's really where the key is because if you've ever ever seen someone fly a drone in their house like there's lots of fail videos on YouTube for that because it's it's always right. a bad idea <laughs> uh, uh, you know the fireplaces and stuff but so in, in this case so that I think that's the real secret of this the the real special sauce is the uh, the ability to be an autonomous flying drone in any home any location but mm -hmm. that raises the, so all of this kind of raises all especially the ring stuff raises some questions and there's an article from sixcolors.com by Dan Morin where he raises the question of uh you know the the the, the issue of Amazon seems to be selling as the headline says selling safety with a side of paranoia it you know it's really building in this idea of we need to be watching our homes at all times we need to be surrounded by or as ring calls it that is their their trademark ring of security <laughs> you know and mm -hmm. and the question is are we are they being too paranoid are we are we being too paranoid about the world around us uh, I, well i'll be i'll i'll, I'll pose that question first and then we can uh, go from there but what do you guys think uh, is this too much paranoia in of in of itself all this technology is fine like it makes sense to have security cameras in your house have it outside your door have it watching you know your your doors and your garage things like that but i do see where if you keep adding on all these different pieces like you've got the drone you've got all the cameras in your house you've got um i think they even have one where it watches your mailbox like I could see it becoming a thing where because you have the, all this access all the time, you become more paranoid. Like you see someone walking down the street and instead of it being someone walking down the street, you get a notification. And now it's why is that person walking down the street? Well, 
you already see that. Like I have, I have ring cameras. And so that comes with the neighborhood app, right? There's right. a neighborhood ring neighborhood app. And you see people posting all the time. Who is this person in my neighborhood? It's a guy walking down the streets. <laughs> you know, it's like they're not. <laughs> That's a Sesame you. Street song, man. Let's get back to Sesame Street song. <laughs> Who are the people is in your neighborhood? Come in on, your neighborhood. Yeah, it's like Joe. <laughs> you, you know, the, the mailman. No, but it's like, yeah, it, people are like, are you know, according to the FBI statistics, crime is down. You know, in general, uh, but yet mm. we feel less safe. Same thing, like with with like say crimes against kids, which is a horrible thing uh, and terrible every time it happens, but. Kids are not getting abducted by strangers like like at the rate that right. we seem to think they are because we've been made so paranoid about it. You know, uh, oh, heaven forbid kids should play alone in the, in the front yard. I actually had a neighbor call the police once because my kids were playing in the front yard unattended. Yep. So uh, but but the paranoia that I think that we're inculcating, we're safer than ever, but yet we're more afraid than ever. Right. And I wonder what that does to us as a society, as people. Does that make us more afraid of each other? It build building this fear of other that we've. Yeah, got. I think it ties into like what we're talking about on the social dilemma episode, where because we have access to all this information all the time, it, we're always thinking about it. It's always in the back of our minds, and so for the stuff you wouldn't even think about before because it's just not even there. Now we're always focused on it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little worried too. And this is, I, you know, I mentioned that I was going to talk about Snow Crash. Uh, Snow Crash is a book by Neil Stevenson. It's in that cyberpunk genre uh, vein. And uh, I'm a little worried about the uh, nation stating that all of these companies are going into because there's an environment that goes along with the Amazon Ring. It's not just the Amazon Ring as a one-off item. It's Amazon Ring. It's the Echo, the Alexa, this thing they're putting in your car. You know, some of the other stuff we're going to talk about in a minute uh, too. Uh, you once you buy into the Amazon environment, you buy into the Amazon environment, and now you are part of the Amazon nation state. Or you go with the Google stuff, and you're a Nest, uh, you know, member, and you buy into the Google nation state, or you go with the Apple version of it, and that really concerns me a lot because we're voluntarily uh forming these uh dispersed tribes that are kind of at war with each other corporately uh and we are just the front lines of that of that war and they're starting to push the boundaries of where they are further out so that they're going to be uh conflicting with each other and then that's where you start to get those full on you know actual uh battles that have to happen of who owns this space who owns that space um and, and that, that worries me. Right. That's a lot of sci-fi has kind of dealt with this idea of what happens when these companies get bigger than the countries, the you know, the nation mm -hmm. states that they are technically are subject. Like Facebook is, yeah, sure, they're headquartered in the U.S., but they are a they are subject to laws in China and Europe and they operate around the world. It's all of these companies do. And what happens when they get more powerful than the U.S. government, frankly, I mean, that's hard to imagine in, on one hand. But on the other hand, just look at social dilemma and what's been happening in, in, in all of this. So it is a concern to think how, you know, that these companies are getting so big and they're and they're they're extending their tendrils into more and more of life uh, in these ways. Uh, eventually, you know, Amazon will have 
an eye in every home. Right. That's scary. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of well, at least every Amazon home. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. 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 I mean, yeah. Um. Yeah. They want to have like what was the Amazon key, the ability to have their drivers open, unlock your door and put packages inside. It's hey, isn't that great? No one will steal your packages. <laughs> yeah. But that means you have a key to my house. Right. <laughs> well, then yeah. now they do because they own August door locks <laughs> or, or do they actually i'm not sure they actually bought august i think about it. yale bought that but regardless um they i think they do own like some lock uh, company right but so what so are are they making us too paranoid or are we not paranoid enough the other flip side of the coin is uh amazon has this new uh e or commerce not e-commerce uh brick and mortar commerce uh, payment solution it's a you, you, what do you do is you register. It's called Amazon One. You register your palm print, and when you walk into one of their stores, and then associate it with a payment uh, card, you know, a credit card or debit card. And so f- from that point on, you can simply pay by waving your hand over the terminal as you come in or go out, and you just pay for things. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, what you know? Wh- what are the potential downsides of that, guys? I think Amazon is making us. Paranoid about our fellow man and not paranoid about the giant techno companies that are taking over. Very much that. <laughs> right. For me, the difference between this and, say, Apple Pay, with Apple Pay, I have my it uses either my um, facial recognition or my watch, which is on my wrist, which I've unlocked and has been in contact with me. Mm-hmm. As soon as it loses contact, it, it, it locks back up again. And those biometrics are inside the device they're in the, right. the the device in this with the amazon system my handprint which is a security system you know a security uh key is in their system across mm-hmm. the internet where lord knows who might get at it and that's i think is the is the big difference between it, it with amazon system you're giving them your handprint you might as well give them your DNA while you're at it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. A lot of this reminds me of the way China has their social credit system. Yeah. Where if you're put on a blacklist, you cannot pump gas at the car because it uses all those biometrics and everything in China is tied to your biometrics. And that's how they control the economy and control what people can or can't say. And I feel like we're going that direction, but it's not being imposed by the government. We're taking it on ourselves for the sake of convenience. Yep. And what happens when these companies say that uh, certain kinds of speech or certain beliefs right. are not okay? And you've said you said this thing on Facebook, and so now we're not going to allow you to to do this thing, to buy this, or to have a voice here, or to have this device, or you know what have you. I mean, th- that's that's not inconceivable given what we've seen of cancel culture so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's another step in that direction. But yeah, I mean, that is kind of a dystopian, scary idea. Well, in a big way too, it's, it's not so much worrying about whether they're going to control what we're doing, but it goes back to, you know, like we were talking about and with, uh, with the social dilemma, uh, their overriding drive is profit. That's, that's mm-hmm. what they are doing this for. They're not doing it because it's the right thing. They're not even doing it for expediency. They're doing it to make the most money. And right. that's a real danger. Like that's a, that is a very clear and present danger that we don't even have to imagine a future where that's a problem. That is the problem right now. 
Right. Yeah. But making a profit is not is not the problem. But the the fact that profit is the overriding right. concern over any other ethical over anything concern. else. Yeah. Yeah. Over anything. Right. That that's when it becomes a problem. Um, so just to kind of extend our worries further, there's there's yet another <laughs> Amazon product. It's not going to be something we can buy, but it will be it's something that they're developing that will tie it all together. Something called Amazon Sidewalk. And it's going to be an, an, a network, a network of things that, you know, that whole phrase. Uh, it's going to network all of the various vehicles in the as or the not vehicles, all the various products in the Amazon, as, as you put it, nation state. Uh, the, the, so whether it's the autonomous vehicles or the drones or uh, the the ring cameras or the echoes, all of it will have its own um, low power, long range, uh, low speed, generally network connecting them all. So they all know where they are. They all are aware of each other. They all can pass signals through the network. Uh, the ostensible reason is, is if I want to have a, a a ring camera right now, if I want to have a ring camera that's on the far side of my property, say, I need to extend my my Wi-Fi network there. But if 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 these have this Amazon Sidewalk, well, if my neighbor has Amazon Sidewalk technology in their devices, uh, my camera might be able to just hop on, you know, might be able to communicate through theirs, their their devices network and that sort of thing. That's, so that sounds like a great idea. Um, it means that you can have more smart devices out there, smart sprinklers and smart, I don't know, composters or whatever. <laughs> they roll automatically. I don't know. Uh, but then, but we can see that there's the potential danger of that, right? Yeah. Um, I think this would be an awesome project if it was a free and open source thing that anybody could work on. Like with all this smart home stuff, and I'll actually get to that in my uh, pick later, but I think it's all great as long as it is open source. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That would be better. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about if it were um, a, a just an open standard, which is, is these are uh, all the big companies could use it. Would that still be OK? It's open standard, but not necessarily open source. It'd be a step in the right direction, but I still don't like the fact that with all of this, no matter how convenient it is, Amazon servers is where all your video and all your information is going. Right. I mm -hmm. agree. Yeah, that is that is concerning. If I were to start from scratch today, I don't know that I would go with Ring. I might go with, say, the HomeKit solution, which stores locally right. on my uh, servers and uh, and use like, you know, Eufy cams or something like that to, to store like on my, my, my network attached storage or something like that. Uh, that's where I already spent my money, uh, which is the danger. You 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 buy things from small companies; they get bought by big companies, and th there you go. Well, and that's they're buying their citizenship, right? That's that's kind of the they're they're right. annexing new territories and pulling you yes. in as a citizen into their environment. Right. They have uh, annexed uh, the uh, the Sudetenland in, in this case. That's <laughs> <laughs> So moving. Yeah, moving across borders from Amazon land to Google land, uh, let's talk about Google's announcements. <laughs> uh, they had a, they called it the launch night in, you know, because we can't go out. Uh, and very clever. And uh, this was not nearly as extensive, or not nearly as much announced. Um, so uh, I'll be just rattle them off. I could list them right, you know, really quick. The Pixel 5, a Pixel 4a 5G, uh, the Nest Audio, and Chromecast with Google TV. It, 
any of these things stand out to you guys at all? It's all very incremental. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sad about the fact that they're finally they're finally ending Google Play Music. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. it's moving over to the YouTube service now. Uh, so I may have been uh, excited about the Nest Audio, but probably not because I I really am just going to use a Bluetooth speaker anyway. Right. Um, so, right. yeah, the Nest Audio <laughs> <There> it, <is. laughs> it, it looks a lot like a HomePod. Yeah, mm-hmm. it probably works better in the in the, you know the Siri versus Google uh, battle there, the voice control. Um, but it's yeah, it's a speaker. It nothing exciting really to me there. Uh the Pixel 5 is incremental improvements. They've acknowledged it. Um it's a big a bigger battery. The battery's you know, kind of nice, the the big. Um, but nothing really innovative there. It's just like you said, incremental. You still, you know, reverse wireless charging is kind of cool. You still get the same camera setups essentially, the wide and ultra wide. Um, you know, they have a few uh, little things with video and photo taking things that are nice, but not like, wow. Uh, so yeah, um, it's, it's another number on the, you know, incremented, which makes you wonder, you know, is, you know, so far there has not been a knock your socks off phone from right. anybody this year. As far as I remember, um, I'm kind of interested to see whether Apple, the iPhone 12 will have anything interesting about it. I think until, someone can crack the foldable phone or the translucent phone in a form factor that actually works that yeah. we're not going to see anything that's super mm-hmm. exciting from phones from here on out. They're all big glass slabs with a bunch of cameras on the back at this point. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Or, or a true AR or a clear phone. One of those two things, if you can get a, yeah. a, a real AR system that works, that doesn't look goofy and make people feel kind of squeamish or uh, a, a see-through phone. Th- those are the next big steps, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of the Chromecast? The Chromecast with Google TV support? Yeah, it's it it's it's more Roku Apple TV ish, right? I've I've yeah. had a few Chromecasts, and I've never liked them because may, base, uh, mainly because of how you set them up. You got to tie it to your Google account. You have to use the app. There's no like you can't set it up with a remote, and so they're just a pain to work with. I don't know if they've changed that. Well, they have a remote now, so okay, that's that's, that's one big difference is that they, you you have they have a remote to work with, which you know is better than having to use an app on your phone because I hate trying to control my Apple right. TV with the app on the phone because it's a pain. There. But my, well, mainly because the phone is set to turn off, so every time I want to pause, I got to unlock the phone, you know, and and, and reopen the app. It's like <laughs> yep. that's the dumbest thing ever. But yeah, <laughs> remotes are still. I think. But it's really it's really nice when your kids lose the remote for whatever device you have and you can pull the app up on your phone well, there's and that. just do what you need to do on the TV. Yes, yes. That's where the that's where the Apple Air tags uh, come in where you, you can put your phone in the direction of and it will tell you where the remote is uh, now. Uh, but <laughs> that's <you> <laughs> that's another thing and that's a, a a vaporware product that I'm hoping will be announced next week. Uh so and that's it. That's pretty much it for, for Google announcements, right? I mean that's uh you get it you'll get the new chromecast for free if you if you get a month of youtube tv what is even on there to watch to be honest i know they had like the the karate kid show <laughs> that's that's how hard they're hard they're trying now oh <laughs> well actually yeah you can watch that on netflix now which i watched the first episode of yeah well, they, they're not going to they're not going to get they don't have enough viewership. And I, I think the battle over like the subscriber media is really 
just such a bizarre space right now. And everybody wants to charge like four ninety nine a month for your, you know, like we were looking at PBS documentaries, I think it is. And it's like four ninety nine a month for PBS documentaries. Right. And, and I'm going, why? Why would I pay that who much would pay that? for documentaries, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know who would pay that. Uh, well, And that's the thing is, is there's so yeah. many of these services out there. And you just like this is this is worse than cable TV. Like they yeah. have figured out how to make cable TV worse, which is a feat. I have to tell you, uh, yeah. So, and YouTube TV. The problem we I would Joanne um, has talked about this a lot in our, our other uh, episodes where we've talked about cutting the cord, and she initially went with YouTube TV, but their costs have been rising rapidly and and yeah they're adding more mm. channels but she's like the the channels are adding does not make it worth more to me Th- these are this is not a value proposition um and th- and now she's looking at well m- maybe I should be looking at a different service again or or going back to cable because it it it's cheaper and easier. I think a lot of people yeah. are just doing yeah. the thing where you subscribe while there's a show on that you want to watch and then you just cancel it. Like that's what I do with CBS All Access. Whenever Star Trek is on, I subscribe and then I cancel. Hmm. They're getting wise yeah. to that though. That's why they're they're doing now the a lot of them are doing now their most popular shows are coming right. out every week as opposed to the Netflix drop and binge. Uh because that, that's what everyone was doing with Stranger Things. Um now, you know, if you want to watch the Baby Yoda show, you have to you know, subscribe for a couple, you know, two, three months at least. That's what I'm calling it, hey, folks. I, I like it. I like it being on for two or three months, though, because then you can have water cooler talk about each episode instead of the entire 13 that you had to stay up the whole weekend to watch. <laughs> I agree. Actually, I prefer I prefer the uh, and that's I'm an old man. So that's why I prefer it. I prefer the old way of once a week and it becomes conversational fodder each episode as you go and not. Have you seen the whole thing yet? OK, we can't talk like we can't talk about anything until you've seen the whole thing because i might spoil it Uh, like that's that i don't like that so yeah i agree all right and that's it for google announcements uh sorry folks if you were hoping for something interesting from google this year or at least this fall you're out of luck um in which case i think uh you know looking forward to what Apple might have up their sleeve they might have you know I certainly there'll be phones that's almost that's that's like a 100 percent lock that they're going to talk about phones there's room there's speculation about whether there's going to be these air tags whether it's going to they're going to talk about the new um apple silicon max that sort of thing probably not but we'll see um i don't expect anything groundbreaking uh out of cupertino i guess that will bring us then to our picks of the week um jack why don't you take the the first and uh, tell us about your pick of the week all right. As I uh, was mentioning earlier, I think that uh, one of the main things that people should focus on with all the smart home and smart technology is looking for open source solutions rather than just buying an out of the box solution from a big company. Um, and a good recommendation I have is called ZoneMinder. And it's essentially a program that uh, you can use like Ring to put in a security system in your house. It's compatible with pretty much any camera where you can connect it to an IP address or connect it to Wi-Fi. You can run it off of there. Um, the biggest downside is that it is only Linux. There's no Windows support whatsoever, but I kind of think the people who are going to be wanting to set up an open source camera system are going to be using Linux anyway. So that's not a huge, a huge deal. Mm. Um, I've just been digging into it over the past couple of weeks because I'm planning out, uh, setting up a security system. It looks fairly straightforward. They got a lot of good documentation. 
and it's open source. So if there's something you don't like about it, you can change it. Can it run on the uh, Raspberry Pi? Yes, again, you can do everything from yes. a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino to setting up your own server stack in your house if you want. Nice, nice. Yeah. I'm and remember, Linux is free, so <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you don't have to worry about buying an expensive OS for different systems. You just have use old computers, use old computers and cheap Linux, and there you go. Right, right. Great, that's cool. I like that. Uh, I've seen more and more of this open source home con- kit, home controlling, home security. Stuff, smart home stuff. That's good. Uh, Thomas, what's your pick this week? So my pick this week is a little more of an offline thing, but it has an online component. It's this uh, meditation app called Headspace. Uh, So if you haven't ever meditated before, uh, it's especially good for for you in that environment. And um, we're talking about mindfulness meditation. So there's lots of different forms of meditation. Uh, Headspace engages with the mindfulness meditation, which is basically just the practice of being present, of Kind of not emptying your mind in that, you know, kind of uh, monk style sense, but just being aware of your feelings and settling in with them and letting them pass and taking a moment to breathe. And they have a fantastic uh, library of videos that explain what meditation is, how to engage with it, how to use it in a day to day way. You can set up reminders inside of the app uh, to help you remember when to meditate. And they encourage you to do small, uh, small spurts of it. So not like uh, an hour long meditation or anything like that, but, you know, 12 minutes, 20 minutes. And just do that once a day to try and set that time aside to settle yourself in. And there's guided meditations. There's videos about meditation uh, and most of it's free. Like they, they really are very open with the the subscription. They 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 offer a majority of the stuff that they have for free. And really, the the, the pay version is really just that next level of once you've gotten really into it and you want to kind of dig deeper and set up a real uh, you know uh, meditative uh, regimen for yourself, then you can purchase into the app and uh, move into that deeper space. Um, it's the most non uh organized religion style meditation uh app that i've ever seen and so it doesn't really presuppose anything uh and i love i love that about it because it allows you to really engage with the meditation without having to bring any other uh religious uh affiliation to it or without leaving behind your religious affiliation when you engage with it so that's one of the i want to i want to ask is is this is compatible with 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 being Christian, being Catholic, um, it's it's merely being in the moment and thinking intentionally about what's going on with you and what's what's going on in your mind, in your body, in your in your emotions, in your spirit. Um, but it's not a religious. I'm reaching out to touch the numinous or you know that sort of thing, right? Right. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no even talk about uh, ascendancy or you know opening your mind to something. It's just. It really is literally right. just sitting and being aware of your emotions, and okay. taking that moment to to just contemplate where you are and being ready to move into the next part of your day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's like it's like the difference between you know uh, uh, was it Bikram yoga and stretching exercises. You know, exactly. They, yeah. they have they have uh, surface appearances where they are similar, but they're not the same thing. Right. No, this would be this would definitely be stretching exercises for your mind. <laughs> OK, cool. 
Excellent. And and so the the tech part of that is the apps that they have available right. uh, for that, which they link from their site. Cool. All right. Well, uh, my pick is a definitely a hardware uh, sort of more uh, less um, a spiritual, <laughs> less my, um, <laughs> mindful and more hard nose, your techie nerdy thing uh i'm going on i'll just say what it is it's the anchor docking station uh what this is is a um it's a 13 port thunderbolt docking station uh which they originally intended for people who have laptops like say if you have a macbook with only two uh usb-c ports and you want to connect other things to it that are not usb-c and you have more than two of them. What this does is it allows you to connect one cable that charges the laptop and provides data connection. And then you hang all the other stuff off of the docking station. Uh, now, I, I didn't get it for our MacBook. I got it for my iMac. And the reason I got it was because uh, I, I was I was having some concerns about the hard drive inside my iMac. And I was thinking of replacing it. And it's the old Fusion drive system where Apple had this technology where SSDs weren't cheap enough yet, but they wanted something faster than a rotational drive. So they made this Frankenstein of a uh, SSD slammed into a hard, uh, into a spinny drive. And it just, it's worked, but it's, it's uh, built on shaky foundation, shall we say. Uh, and I wanted to get it away from that. So what I've done is, is I actually, I, I went out and got a, uh, an external SSD, a Samsung T7, two terabyte uh, SSD. And I've plugged that into the Thunderbolt 3 port on the Anchor docking station. And then I plugged that into the Thunderbolt port in my Mac. And that I, then I cloned my drive to that. And that is now my primary hard, uh, hard drive. That's now mm-hmm. the what's running my system. Um, now, the the important thing with that is, is I, I don't ever want that to turn off accidentally or to be disconnected so that's it's because that would be bad uh so they in fact the the docking station i've plugged into my uh, uh my inter- interruptible power supply battery backup along with the imac so that they it's safe um but the the docking station itself was less expensive than com- the competitive ones out there as you'd expect from anchor they, they usually have a pretty good price and it's, it's 13 ports it's got an hdmi port it's got a bunch of usba ports uh, it's got a couple of USB-C ports. Uh, it's got an SD slot uh, and a bunch of other stuff that, that it, uh, I can't name them all off the top of my head, but uh, um, more than I've been using otherwise. And um, I've got a lot of stuff that I plug into my into my iMac. So that's really great that, that all I can plug even more stuff in now. So that is the uh, Anchor Docking Station Power Expand Elite 13 in 1. They also have one that has some fewer ports for less for even less money so that's uh, works out well too that's my pick all right uh, awesome. i think that should do it for us this week um we want to of course take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology uh, and before i thank some by name i want to mention that uh, we we put out a message and you'll hear i'm going to be sending out a message this week uh, uh separate uh in the feed but i also want to say here where we had mentioned a few months ago that uh, our network, StarQuest, was reaching the point where we needed to reach financial stability or we were going to have to shut down all our shows and go our separate ways. Uh, and uh, our listeners, you, you guys are awesome. You have responded so generously. We are now past the break-even point. We have a lot of new patrons. We're really grateful for that. Um, we are a nonprofit, we, this, we, and we try to avoid uh, t- having to do ads, 
Um, but your your nonprofit tax deductible donations uh, help support our our ministry, our apostolate of exploring the intersection of faith and culture. And uh, you have you have helped us continue. So we're really grateful. Um, so the 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 patrons I want to thank this week in particular are Nancy C, Joe W, Corey P, Cheryl W, and Nathan K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give do make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So if you have any feedback you'd like from our, uh, on our discussion, we'd love to get, get your feedback. We've actually had a, uh, more feedback this week uh, that I, I wasn't able to, to uh, read on the show this week, but uh, we love getting your feedback. Keep sending it. You can do that by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And we'll have links from all of our discussion today to all the news stories that we've mentioned uh, and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. I want to ask you a favor, though. Uh, if, you, uh, if, you, if you're a patron, you're not a patron, if you're a listener, write a review for us, please, in Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast directories where you can write a review. Uh, we haven't had a review in a while, and reviews are so important for helping us reach new listeners. And so if you could do that, uh, you know, as soon as you're done listening, we really appreciate it. Uh, and share the podcast with your friends. If you have friends who are interested in technology uh, or are interested in understanding how technology and the faith life and, uh, interact, we're here. Uh, let them know we're here. Uh, help us grow this community of listeners. So until next time. Thomas Sanaherho, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jack Barazzini, thank you as well. Thanks, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. Quest.